welcome listeners welcome to a very special edition of the talkie taka podcast when we sit down together we have an agenda we think about the things that we want to talk about today i think we're going to go down a very different route considering all that's happened in the last few days with referees and war a favorite topic to talk about every week it seems one of us at least is ranting about war and referees and i think it might be a few more of us this time down uh, whether it's the spurs chelsea game uh, whether it's the united uh, game in europe whether it's arsenal newcastle a lot to talk about in those terms uh, and to discuss all of this on the panel today we have uh, ashwin rk and radhaji radhaji how has it been and what's your talkie point war related i mean the talkie point this week obviously has to be glen maxwell like uh, or is that is that a different podcast uh nobody yeah, it uh, from a football point of view i think luis diaz's goal um such a i mean difficult to even understand difficult to believe kind of situation that he's in um i don't think i've ever seen anything like that i assume that the colombia team in the 90s may have had incidents like this of of course somebody died or was was killed by the mafia and stuff like that as well but to have one of a top footballers family kidnapped um it's is pretty insane and then for him to come back to the field to play to score a goal to save liverpool's blushes on what was looking like a definite loss a uh, really heartwarming moment for him even though he completely shanked it it came over his shoulder but uh, great moment great goal and we're just getting news in that his dad has been released and he's now with the with the colombian police so that's a nice well rounded end to the well it's midweek but end to that entire saga this week um so yeah luis diaz coming back scoring showing that message of liberation for papa that's that's my talking moment of the week yeah and it was uh, touching to see the luton uh, team also just going to him and just giving their support to him as well i mean even though they just dropped two points which may end up proving crucial when it uh, comes to the end of the season but it was nice to see uh, humanity taking precedence over points so so just to clarify uh, swag so luton dropped two points is is that the official line that we take <laughs> i mean considering how late it was G- gained one point is probably <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway okay moving on rk i see you've uh, abandoned all hope with manchester united and now into the kerala blasters fan group yeah at least one of the teams uh, is doing well uh, kerala blasters is close to the top of the table so i thought okay you know good time to put on a, a you know kerala blasters jersey before i jinx them too uh but you know a uh, talking of united it's been all downhill mostly uh, we had a great moment at the weekend though where we just about salvaged three points in that game but uh, in normal day that would have been my talking moment of the week but then with united like you see a sunset and a sunrise and something always comes along to surprise you with united and and that was yesterday with the rashford red card uh, i mean I, i'm sure that we'll talk a lot more about it but it was horrible uh, radha rightly pointed out to the curtis jones incident i think this was even worse because rashford was just trying to shield the ball it was not even a tackle that he was going for and you know it it wasn't even uh, you know when you look at it real time it's not even that hard a uh, contact that happens there it uh, like he properly bends the leg but it's not a hard contact it's just inexplicable how you know uh, like decisions like this are given and when the uh, like var calls the umpire to the monitor you can see how they are trying to you know fix the decision kind of by just showing him those images for the first 10 seconds before they show him the moving image so all things considered i i, I don't know whether it's corruption or it's completely incompetence but there's something really rotten 
whoever referees that we talk about whether it's premier league or europe yeah and obviously we'll talk much more in detail about uh, this incident and some more uh, coming to the still united fan uh, ashwin what's your talkie point yeah still still after all all that we have seen um i i could have gone with the same honestly it was just it was just an absolute disgrace as mikel arteta puts it puts it right so i think oh the memories are still etched i i, I would say like I, i it was just it was just so annoying to watch because we were playing so well uh and we had the game in our back also uh but i'll probably go for uh, something from the champions league i think it was um good to see the group of death open up like that so uh, i put a feel that newcastle are potentially out of europe along with man united um so i, I would go with that a good win for uh, dortmund i think milan also won right uh, so i mean that group has really opened up uh, and we wouldn't have said that uh, and we weren't saying that after newcastle got that amazing win at st james's park versus psg uh so i feel um two english clubs are already go- on their way out from the champions league and yeah that's definitely uh, something that we will be discussing about one everybody is welcome everybody is welcome in europa aaja aaja one day rk wears a different jersey and someone has to take over the jinxing uh, work but uh, yeah it's three points separating four teams in that group of death uh, so definitely interesting to see and uh, for me the talky point i guess most of you were asleep and not watching the game between spurs and chelsea but i don't think it's i've seen such a crazy game ever i actually also reached out to matt davis adams who does the chelsea tv commentary for these games and i asked him because he was on commentary and i said do you remember any game like this and he said no this goes straight to the top of the craziest pile and to pick out one point from that is tough but uh, just to encapsulate and capture uh, the the chaos i would say the caicedo disallowed goal because caicedo scores that gets disallowed and while checking var for that disallowed goal they realize that there's been an uh, impeding by the spurs player and then there's a penalty awarded for that and there's a there's a yellow card which then contributes to getting a red card uh, three members of the spurs defensive line were out of uh, the game either by red cards or injuries by the end uh, i think only four players for spurs who started the game stayed on the pitch at the end the others were either red carded or substituted so that that was a very very we, fun uh, you know uh, like the kaisedo goal we need to talk about it whenever we get to chelsea so just note that <laughs> united i think you guys have a lot to talk about last we checked you were about to play city so you've had the city game in between now we've also had uh, this copenhagen welcoming you to your hell in between that uh, stoppage time winner against fulham as well quite a lot to unpack there uh, rk fire away you know want talk about the city and newcastle games that's enough uh, you know trauma there not to go there and I, and I, and you know don't have anything specific to say about united in those games so lesser said the better about those two games except that i think all the noises about ten hag going and everything started full throttle after the newcastle game and you know uh, it's it's natural that people will talk about the manager after those results uh, after that it was pretty heartening to see uh, you know the uh, like like the team putting in a fight against fulham away that was the least that you can expect in these circumstances that you know the players are they fighting for the manager or not so that was definitely uh, you know uh, like looking at that match it was a definite yes uh, i couldn't see the whole match uh, because we were at the new zealand pakistan game that day but whatever i could see from the second half it it did seem like there was some improvement in ball progression i could see you know uh, people passing through the lines which was like something i had seen after a you know uh like after a few weeks so of course i'm comparing against a very low base and it might look like you know like uh, you know talking about basics but at least it seemed that we were able to progress the ball up the pitch and reach the final third but again the final third creativity was very poor 
but in terms of control and probably position and being able to move the ball there was uh, you know there were some improvements and of course it would have become a crisis situation again had it not been for that last minute goal by uh, bruno the last minute of you know normal time uh, but having said that okay you know in the circumstances you are going to take three points all day long with united and that's what most fans were hoping for that somehow you know don't really care too much about the performances right now but just get the points and you know try to build up some confidence is how people would have gone into the copenhagen uh, game and i think the first half an hour surprised a lot of people the way that united played uh, the chances that they created and you know how they cut copenhagen open everything was going good till the time the red card happened and you know uh, of course you can talk about you know how we reacted to the red card we shouldn't have immediately considered two goals in in the space of 5 6 minutes that's become a recurring theme with us you have seen teams like you know liverpool uh, and even other teams play quite well with 10 men it's it, you know you can play in a way which is tough for the opposition but united don't seem to do that even then we got ourselves back into the game played very patiently with position in the second half and somehow got ahead again in the game and 3-2 with 10 15 minutes to go i mean again whatever happened with rash we should have seen that out uh but again i mean all the same old issues with dalo not able to protect the far post you know i and i really i can't really blame onana but at the same time you always wonder you know where is that wonder save coming from you know where is the unlikely save coming from sometimes to you know save your team so but all these are just you know side issues in what is the main issue which was the red card uh, i have talked about it in the talking moment of the week but i i still can't process what happened not just because of how wrong it was but you know how out of gear the whole balance of the match went and unnecessarily we have again back in a situation where eric ten hag is completely back in you know all the sack talk and everything for i think no fault of his own okay cool so where do i start right so i think i think um I'll, i'll 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 talk about the i don't want to talk about the fulham game we got the winner it's done we got the three points we probably didn't deserve it there was a bar decision that went against us fine we got the three points let's move on but yesterday what i saw was like absolutely like unbelievable absolutely unbelievable like i have never seen or maybe maybe there have been other instances in other league games but at least in a united game i've never seen someone being red carded for something as soft as that rashford was not even fucking looking at the ball as i had the player when you know he he when he seemingly stamped on him and he gets a red card for that there was a play, different action that was happening in the field and suddenly the commentator is like oh it seems like rashford has done something and then we go back and we see this video and we see this image the first image that they show is in ultra slow motion rashford puts his foot on top of the foot of you know the winger right if you show that image to anyone they would be like oh this is a clear red card and then it takes them like 5 6 more seconds to show the entire footage and by that time the referee has made a decision because he is like oh there are like 70000 60000 people who will be shouting at me if i don't give a red card to the you know to the to the impeding player so that happens that completely changes the game because we were on top we are soaking in the uh, you know the pressure it wasn't an easy ground to go into right the ultras were out in full flow and we are still soaking in the pressure we were playing well and for the first time in this season i actually thought that we'll go and you know do something we'll get a result but no the referee goes and he thinks that that's you know a challenge worth a red card and the moment that happened i knew something would happen right not it took like maybe two or three minutes for them to score a goal which could have been deemed as offside as well because you, we have seen that earlier in the season we have seen that with manchester city it was not given offside we have seen that with harry maguire in the fulham game which was given offside and now this thing is not given offside now i know i'm speaking as a united fan and and that's why probably i'm you, you know looking at isolated incidences but it's not consistent so i don't fucking care if you have like the best technology out there if the refs or you know whoever is looking into those videos 
is not able to make a competent decision, which I think five, six-year-olds can do, then I don't know, like, what's, what's the use of this fucking war? Last year, this time, we were watching the World Cup and we were, we were all in awe of how, you know, war was used rightly. This year, the same technology, we are actually saying that, you know, it doesn't work. And, you know, I was one of those, I was one of those who was talking about, you know, how Eric Ten Hag should be getting more out, out of the team. Yes, he should be getting more out of the team. But every time we are trying to do something, there is some decision that goes against us. And then he has to reinvent. Like, I, I, I really don't understand what, what is going on here. I don't, I, no, I don't know if it's an FA problem. Offside for the McTominay goal, then this guy was definitely offside because he was right in front of Onana. And he was offside. I mean, if, if that is not interfering, if Maguire is interfering, then that guy is definitely interfering. And that's where he's the lack in, of... He's in, he's, he's in the line of sight, right? He's in the line of sight of, for Onana. Like, Onana is obviously looking at this player who can tap in the goal. Right? But no, that's not offside. Okay, let's not even talk about that. Second half, there is a clear-cut... Okay, f- firstly, United did get a penalty which they shouldn't have got. Okay, so we were three two up, so I acknowledge that. But second half, Rasmus Hoyland gets literally, you know, elbowed on on his face. Nothing happens. No red card. You watch that in slow motion. You fucking watch that in fast motion. You watch that in two x speed, three x speed, four x speed, whatever speed you want to watch it. It is a red card, and it. Rashford one was not a red card. Then there was a penalty incident where the ball literally. Uh, you know the I, I I don't know the name of the defender. Uh, he he basically touched the ball inside the box. As per the laws, that is also a penalty. So United deserved another penalty. Let's go back to each and every decision. Look at it and say that you know oh we'll take like five minutes to decide whether that's a penalty or not. But you know what? We'll take five minutes when it's a United decision. It's a decision against United. We'll stop the play as we did against Fulham, we'll stop the play as we did against Copenhagen. But when it comes to, you know, a player who does it against United, let's just brush it off. That is exactly what happened. And then, I mean, I, I'm just I'm just sick of it, man. I, I'm just sick of the, the gore incompetence of these referees. I know uh, RK was saying the other day, you know, that, that this might be conspiracy and I brushed it off. I mean, if these things keep happening again and again and again against specific team, rather said it the other day, it was like in the, in the, in the Liverpool-Tottenham game, it keeps happening against Liverpool, it happened against Arsenal, it happened against United. Then I think we are well within our rights to say it is, it is conspiracy, right? It is so fucking annoying. And yesterday, we, did not, we did not deserve to lose the way we lost the game. See, it's not happening to one club. It's happening across matches, across teams. Now, the same incident, and I, I think I read out the guidance or the law that where the referees are supposed to use for VAR in uh, red card decisions, and it clearly said that you shouldn't be looking at it at a... If you're trying to see impact, if you're trying to see dangerous impact, then you're supposed to look at it on, at full speed. And when the guy walked over to the monitor in the Liverpool Spurs game, it was a still image for the for the first 10 seconds and then a slow-mo and there was no full speed at all. And same for me, that's consistency. That's consistency. They're being consistently incompetent. It's not it's not even a case of now um it's hard to explain these off as one-offs. Now the okay, now come to some of the other decisions, right? So like I'm sure we'll get into this in more detail when the Arsenal again comes up as well. But pushes in the back. What is a push in the back? What is not? Handball. I have absolutely no clue. I have no clue what happened. And the first game of the of the season, and I think there was a handball incident. And I thought, oh, okay, this is the season where we are not giving handballs for accidental handballs. Chalo, great. This was. I thought that was the way we're going. Now I'm not sure again. So I I really have no idea. Uh, the only positive I can think of is. Um, the offside technology, at least that was used in the World Cup, is going to be implemented in the Premier League for next year, which has the the semi-automated AI, offside, the semi-automated yeah. offside, which kind of uses an AI projection of where the shoulders are, moves the image around. So maybe those kind of things will stop stop 
becoming as crazy as it is. Uh, but there's so much, so much that I, I think I said this after the Liverpool Spurs game. What exactly is the point? If the point is to get the right decision or is the point to follow stupid protocol to the T and then back yourselves and protect yourselves, uh, cover your own asses in the media after that. Uh, okay, by the way, apparently after the Arsenal-Newcastle game, now uh, the, there's an independent panel which has released a... Uh, statement saying that all the decisions except for the like all the decisions about the goal were correct but there were two red cards that should have been given i mean I was what is happening yeah no, I, I just really don't I, get what's happening this it's is, not solving the problem for fans it's not solving the problem yes i'll i'll stick to yesterday's game i think it was more, we were being hounded that that's how it felt as a as a united fan Rather, what you mentioned about the Liverpool's first game, the exact thing happened yesterday as well. He, the referee went over, he was shown a still image of Rashford potentially stamping on someone's foot. And then there was like a slow motion video that was being played. Of course, it's going to look bad. And again, like when the entire video was being played, I think the referee could still have taken a call. And he could have literally seen that and, and taken a call that, you know, Rashford is not even looking at that player. So it was clearly accident. And yet he gives that away. And then the second goal, the, the penalty that uh, Copenhagen got, it literally took him two seconds to decide on the spot that this, that is a penalty. I mean, to me, it was like it, it felt it felt so, you know, fixed. It was It was so annoying to see that. It was so annoying to see that as a fan. And especially at such an important game. And then Chutia's like Ange Postigoglu will come in and say that, oh, you know, uh, referees should be uh, given authority and they should be protected. Fuck you. No one cares about your goddamn team in North London. You might have the best stadium. You, you don't even have fucking fans. Go back to where you come from. We are so right this in is, venting uh... against... We are so right in venting against the refs because the... the, 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 the the quality of refs in general is so poor across Europe. It's just so this is an interesting. This is an interesting point, and I'll bring it up when we talk and talk about the Arsenal game. But uh, put it, putting a pin on this one about the reactions to some of these uh, decisions. We'll we'll talk about it a bit more when the Arsenal thing comes up. I have no I have no reason to believe that there's any conspiracy because I do see it happening across the board for a lot of teams. If you look at the teams that have been complaining about it from the start of the season, there are five or six of them in the league right now. Now, it's obviously the now, the names that we mentioned. Uh, we have, we've had United, Liverpool, Arsenal, major incidents, large incidents. Wolves always talking about it. Um, a few of the uh, promoted sides as well have been talking about it. Uh, who's the Everton guy? Sean Dyche always talking about it. So a lot of yeah. a lot of teams you know, are actually feeling the same way. Newcastle City, these are the two teams who are not talking about it. So I mean, to be fair, there are fourteen or fifteen other teams also which uh, aren't talking about it. And I know that that's the angle that everybody is going to. I don't believe it for a second. It's happening. I see. If you look at if you look at incidents. I'm sure the next incident that happens to a city in Newcastle thing, then we'll we're not going to discuss it in so much detail. I'm sure things will go against them as well. I'm not getting into that. But the overall point is this: it is not solving the problem. If the problem was that the the right decisions need to be made, it is not solving that. It is it, it's like people taking a stance when you're when you're in a room and and there are, and there's everybody has to rush to a wall. People rush to opposite sides of the wall and then they're just entrenching themselves there. All the referees are covering each other. All the managers are then coming out and saying absurd shit. Jurgen Klopp came out and said that, oh, we should get a replay. Uh, Ten Hag now has come out and say that it feels like it's only happening to us. Arteta said it's a disgrace. This what? It's it's just entrenching themselves. And the problem is it's not the problem is not getting solved. That is the only clear thing. I'm I'm just saying that Klopp, the likes of Klopp, Arteta, and Ten Hag are right in saying this. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. What I am saying is that the managers go under so much pressure. And, you know, one or two results here and there could lead to a sack. In Ten Hag's case, that is very much possible. So, I think the managers had the right to vent out. I, yesterday, I felt that we needed Jose Mourinho there. Trust me. Because, you know, he would have done something that the referee actually deserved. I, I have some, I have some uh, gripe on this. Not about people having 
the pushback on of course that deserves so much pushback needs to be given to these referees but the way that the way that it's being done by clubs also i have a problem with and i i want to pin this for now and we'll bring it up again when we talk about arsenal but uh, but yeah it's just the point is it's not getting solved so let's let's do that why don't we talk about uh, arsenal as it is we were going to talk about arsenal next uh, before we get into that another point that complicates the situation further and this is where uh, i'm in alignment with what radha is saying is that the interpretation of these rules is different in the premier league and the interpretation of the same rules is different in europe different interpretation applies sometimes you have the likes of anthony taylor who are doing pl uh, games and then in midweek they're doing champions league games they have to interpret the law differently so that's where the problem is and that's the problem that i think radha is also saying that that's the bit that needs to be fixed there needs to be consistency and that's what we've been saying all throughout like the last two years that no, but that's the way that you're phrasing it swag it almost seems like the difference between the league and the champions league is causing this in- inconsistency but it's happening in the league there's yeah, yeah. no there's no there's no uh, level of standardization there's no level of uh equality between two games in the league itself every week we're learning new things about what what can happen uh, correct, correct. in the on the on the one hand i'm totally okay if there's no consistency as long as we're not making a mistake again like i'm not obviously consistency is king and just if somebody makes a mistake once they have to make the same mistake again and again i'm totally not for that but what we are seeing now is people make a mistake they correct it they overcorrect it perhaps in the next game and then they make the same mistake a few weeks later that doesn't make yeah. any sense to me and i don't see how that is getting better yeah so uh, talking about arsenal newcastle rather why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us about what you were thinking yeah see the push okay let's start with the actual incident um i i thought i thought it was something that happens in a lot of games but i am also cognizant of the fact that these have been given uh, this season it has been given it was given against man city i do not for a second believe that i think this foul happens in every game and fine if that's the way we want to live our lives and every game will have a penalty then okay but it's not given in a lot of games and is given in some that's that's the problem but prior to that there were two crazy red card incidents for me havertz was lucky havertz was definitely lucky to be on the pitch and newcastle had a had a bit of luck with uh, joel sorry uh, gimerais as well yeah so so there were two incidents in that game prior to the goal which were also issues now all three of these are subjective decisions now they they are decisions that unlike most unlike a lot of decisions that we that we all talk about even in our, in our own group we are usually split down the middle on a lot of such decisions there is there is always a chance that it will go one way and the other mikel arteta has come out after the game and the big tirade that he's had is essentially about the push in the same game he's had a he's had a potential red card not given against his own team he's he's coming off as just such a loser who's just crying about his team and this is the gripe that i have and ten hag also did the same thing after the united game this is not the way it's going to get solved it has to be like all the clubs coming together all the clubs making some united front on this it cannot be that every every time something goes wrong against your own team all these managers come out and just say some ridiculous things at that at the moment of time i think and the reason why i'm quoting this specific example is the liverpool spurs game i think that was the best opportunity because it was not about a subjective decision it was about a absolute colossal fuck up by one now that's the perfect opportunity for everybody who has a problem to just get behind it and say oh things need to change make a hullabaloo i remember saying on this podcast i'm happy if they ask for a, a replay because i want there to be hot water around these refs and i'm happy for arteta and, uh, and ten hag to also call out the refs because i just want more pressure on these idiots but the point is it's happening in such a it's very easy to write off arteta as saying look at that loser is he's not even looked at the decision that he got in his own game or or if the next time something goes right for united on var they'll see like oh ten hag didn't say anything about this it happened only when he was losing all these things this is this is just burying the argument and the only person who's happy about this is how i i thought after the 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 basic stupid fuck up that they did all the clubs will get that's really i said it on the pod as well i thought all the clubs will get together they'll they'll 
push VAR into a corner, push the referees into PGMO into a corner and really get some change. We're not doing that. Everybody's just doing their own fight at their own their own sweet time. But rather, I what don't think that's going to change. Do right. I mean, every manager has enough on his hands already than to you know go chasing and trying to build a consensus. I mean, they don't have time to build a team and to do training. I mean, this uh, is not like, the managers. Like, you know, rather, do, uh, like, like, do we see Georgian Klopp, for example, coming out yesterday and saying that this is terrible and this shouldn't? You, you don't, right? It, it's it's all the other way around as well. It's not that everyone is, is coming out and is, supporting each other. This is not the manager's job. This is not the manager's job. First of all, every manager is going to come after a match. They're going to be emotional. They'll say some random shit. It's not the manager's job. Like Swag said earlier in the game, everybody, every so month they get together and take some decisions. Right? about it, right? Arteta is going to I'm not, bla- I'm, not, I'm not blaming Arteta or Ten Hag or Klopp. My point is that no club is doing this the right way. If if you're meeting a once in a month and you're taking that 14, 14 is to whatever call to make decisions, then the, the, the club management, the club owners need to do this together. It's not, it's not, it can't be left on one manager saying this and then nothing's going to happen out of that. So, okay, Klopp made some comments, Ten Hag has made some comments, Arteta has made some comments, maybe next week Pep will make some comments. Nothing is going to change. Now, unless the owners of all these clubs come together, put some real pressure on PGMOL, put some real pressure on FA. Howard Webb is just going to write off individual individual instances and say, oh, this was wrong, this was right, this was wrong, this was right. Nothing is going to change. That's the only gripe I have. And it's not about one specific manager but, but or one know, specific person. Managers instance. talking about it, you know, post-match, which is the only forum that they get, basically the, you know, pre-match and post-match, it at least puts pressure. People talk about it. I mean, it may not be resulting in any change as of now, but it's at least creating so much noise around this whole issue, right? At least people are talking about it because so at least... I, you know, I wouldn't begrudge Arteta or Ten Hag or Klopp for that matter, you know, coming out after a match and talking. They have, you know, that's the only forum they have and they, and they have every right to talk about those decisions. They have every right to talk about anything, but they use that same forum to say stupid shit like, oh, referees also make mistakes, right? right? They, they did that. Eric Ten Hag came out after the Liverpool's first game and said that mistakes happen to everybody. So Arteta said the same thing. Now, same if you Arteta say that one week and then the next week... Yeah, yeah. same Arteta did... 8th November, he said referees need to be given respect and they need right. to be they're, afforded they're, time. Because they're right? emotional, because they're emotional after their own games, of course they will they, they will come out. But I'm saying it's easy to write them off because they've already said something different in a previous game. It has to be more organized than putting a mic in front of an emotional manager at the end of the end of the game. Right? I, I, I am totally with you. Anybody can and should. And like I said in the beginning of when I started talking, I am very happy for all these people to come and call out the rest because I want them in hot water. They are the... I This whole thing about, oh, we can't put pressure on refs because they are under oh, so much a difficult decision. Are they getting sacked? Look at the... Did you see that guy who... Anthony Taylor who went to the bloody Anthony championship Taylor and gave that ridiculous... That ridiculous penalty he gave in the championship and now he's doing the... Uh, is it the Man City-Chelsea game? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what? So, are they getting sacked? What is the big pressure that they are under? It's the managers who are under getting pressure. Rewarded, the... They're getting rewarded for making mistakes. Yeah, and then but... the, that's the narrative around referees that oh, they're under so much pressure. We can't put, we can't, we can't swear at them. We can't do this. We can't do that. Oh, everybody's just dancing around trying to make them happy. I'm happy if they're in hot water. I was happy when Klopp said some absurd shit. I'm happy that I, I, I texted in the group Arteta. I don't agree with Arteta, but. I'm very happy with the way he said it. I'm very happy with what he said. But it's just to put pressure on them. I get it. But it's just like schadenfreude for me. I know that nothing's going to happen out of it until the clubs actually get together. And even you after, know, the, like, uh, even like, after like the Liverpool... questionable calls, right? I, I Just one more thing. Basically, I, I know that most of you don't agree on this. But uh, the line call also that was made in the Arsenal-Newcastle game just before that goal is something I don't agree with. Uh, I because intrinsically I don't agree with the point that you know you can't use not having a technology as a reason. If you if you don't have technology, you got to use the available technology. And I I believe the available technology is better than the linesman's call. The linesman doesn't have the you know proper angle to judge uh, you know that ball which is going out of play. That camera at least shows one angle, and I think that needs to be adhered to if if you don't have anything else. Is my call on See- that. See the pro- the problem the problem with this RK is and I in fact my only problem with the goal was that I thought it went out. I didn't think it was a push. I thought the ball went out. That was my only problem with the goal. But using technology to make a decision, reverse a decision, make a decision from scratch also, 
when you don't have the answer it's it's going to lead to trouble right like the all the videos that we are seeing now about people placing the line across the ball and then coming to the top view and showing that it's uh, actually on over the line or on the line and all all of that that would have just caused the other opposite side of uproar if if var had given that uh, uh, as as out now if i i don't think we can sustainably use technology to make a decision when the technology is not got 100% right the question is why the hell do we not have a camera down the line is that so hard like the greatest most what billions exactly. and billions of pounds of revenue is that is the question that we should be talking about now i don't want to debate i thought it was out i'm sure that other people thought it was out some people who would have seen those videos that uh, all the different newscasters were doing maybe they thought it was in but i don't want to debate that right whether it was right or wrong but is it so difficult and and i felt this in the world cup but i didn't really think about it too much because it looked like a decent enough view but why don't they have the ball the goal line technology across the damn field like just why can't that be a thing it's not so it's it must cost them pennies considering what budgets that all these people are working with just put goal line technology everywhere right it can help in so many other things it can help with when the ball was played when you're talking about offside it can help with when the ball goes out so many things can be solved by just investing in this technology i don't i don't get it i think that's the right discussion to have that why don't they have the right technology why don't they have a man standing with a camera at the edge of the line worst case don't have fancy technology somebody with a bloody cell phone camera standing at the corner line and fucking recording that shit i mean it's it's ridiculous um, I, i i really don't get what 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 are the improving season on season i'm not able to see if 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 pogmol's looking at this either they're going to put a hit out against us or they're going to come to our houses and, and grab our feet i don't know but uh, yeah just to uh, just to add to this uh, the semi automated uh, offside we've uh, talked about that's coming in it's already there in seria and i think nikki bandini was saying that it's it reduces the time that it takes so var calls are reduced and uh, funnily enough for var when fifa envisaged var as something that would come into football they thought it will be used like once in four five games because there are no calls that are as questionable so and it will take 3 4 seconds to decide it is actually being used something like once every 15 minutes and it takes 5 6 minutes so it's it's absolutely not gone the way fifa wanted it to go surprisingly though in fifa events it, it goes fine but everywhere else so maybe it's a question of uh, fifa and the uh, fa is not talking to each other implementation issues it's 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 a proper mess and i agree with rather that um, this monthly meeting that the clubs have where it's not klopp or and or poaches or ten hags responsibility to go there and attend it's usually the sporting director or someone from that department and you need to have this consensus or, or at least a dialogue about how you go about making this more uh, actionable and giving it more responsibility on putting more responsibility on the refs if you're talking about things like um, what happened after the liverpool spurs game where we had the big war thing where the check complete fiasco happened what has happened after that they said okay we'll release the audio so now we get some audios every week and nothing changes every week we get the audios and he says this is right this is wrong this is right oops and that's it so that's not resulting in any sort of transparency okay transparency maybe but accountability no so to have accountability i agree with radha completely because we need to have a consistent constant discussion between the clubs and, and the pog mall and and the point is the four of us three we support three different teams but we are all on the same side on this right but there are so many people in the court of public opinion because it's so when managers come out and talk about their individual incidents and stuff like that because there are so many lines drawn at club level that a lot of people are undermined by comments that they've made in the past like if club can just be undermined by saying oh he but buddy came out and said that we want to replay he's absurd he's doing all sorts of we'll have 100 replays in a season then you'll just undermine the point right now similarly they can pick up something that ten hag said last year about something and say oh but though but ten hag is totally fine with it when it goes united's way right off ten hag similarly arteta similarly pep it's it's i am happy that people are putting pressure on the right people but i don't see any results i, I don't see any they are just sitting down quietly acha just wait for another two weeks everything will be fine they'll start fighting amongst each other bas ho gaya
that's that's the that's the way that this is going and I, I, yeah i think they need to do it at a club level i don't know what the clubs are also doing on this like i i remember that john henry flew down about ownership related and how chelsea was spending money he wanted that but isn't this like a much more tangible and uh, important use of these people's time than than like all these absurd how are chelsea may finding the money kind of discussions like yeah, just just a just a quick thing to add over here is that if rather you're expecting owners to come over to the uk and discuss about that i i can safely tell you that one owner is not coming over uh, but uh, having said that uh, what i mean we should really not be talking about this all right like back when we started following football we were not always talking about you know refereeing decisions we probably some games here or there where you would we would have been talk, talking about you know oh maybe he did not they did not deserve a penalty oh maybe that was not offside but it wasn't like so widespread now all we seem to be doing is discussing that we should be discussing about why united shipped in those two goals in the end we should be talking about why there was just one goal and like what is the xg for arsenal in that particular game and what we are talking about instead is whether that was a foul on gabriel or not whether that was a goal or not like it it's just taken so much away from football it's just it's just the application of this technology and it's it's a beautiful technology right like we were shouting about having video technology in football for years cricket had it for so long and they seem to be fine with it right and i know it's a different game it's not as subjective but like it's just the application of technology it's so wrong and it's it's just hurting football fans worldwide so either do something about it change the referees if you have to do that or just get rid of it i mean that's where i am with this you know just talking of managers comments right i i see a subtle or very big difference in fact in you know how different managers talk of refs i so we all agree that they have a tough job right i i think none of us will come out and say oh it's an easy job and it's not a tough job and they are not under pressure etc right it is a tough job and if managers are diplomatic most weeks then it's it's fine for me because i mean you know they also want to focus on the football and you ask them any stupid question pre match in which they are not necessarily involved they might put a diplomatic comment which is also true saying that okay you know these guys have a tough job but you know and and you posto goes glue the kind of comments that he made that's extremely you know dangerous for me because if you look at his quotes you know he's he's like decisions are decisions you either accept it or you don't that i mean when you talk of start talking of you, you stop talking of referees and you start talking of decisions and you say that you can't question decisions then it becomes a very dangerous path that he is ta- taking right because and then he says if you are going to go out and complain about bad decisions every week you know then what will happen is what happened today which is a forensic study of every decision i mean so what is basically telling fans and managers is don't question the refs he is putting himself in a very wrong boat i i don't think ten hag or klopp said anything like that probably they just want to respect the refs but anje postogoglu i can't excuse what he said and i think it's going to bite him sometime i'm telling you there's this something the wrong guy. with this the, there's something wrong with these spurs and former spurs mofos right i think even pochettino came came in and said something on similar lines i mean you call out shit for what it is and that is what is happening with war right now no but that's the thing right i don't know which which quotes you are referring to rk but after his game and his two red cards he's come out and he's come out and said something negative about var now like i mean not insanely negative but he's like we are all just sitting and waiting for and we're uh, waiting for things to go on var is taking so long and we don't know something like that and how it's taking long time and do we all actually are we all happier with var those kinds of messages right so that's my point because at different situations and they're all making these comments when they're so emotional they are not likely to be consistent and then people will just write them off right off legitimate things that they're raising will get written off just because they have at one stage shown a different opinion that is the point i was trying to make but yeah all all for these guys just just one last thing before we move on you you mentioned cricket and that's a great uh, uh, the reason why it's so smooth in cricket is that we've normalized a margin of error that is the i think that will simplify things to a great deal like the entire armpit offside thing do we really care like just marginalize just just give a margin of error that is like there is a certain amount of margin of error which we will maybe the thickness of the line maybe something else just figure out a system which 
basically normalizes to fans that hey, if it's within this margin of error, we are going to stick with the umpire's referee's decision. Move on. Now, a lot of times you can question decisions that are made on the cricket pitch. Oh, did it pitch when he was taking the catch? But hey, if you just don't are not really sure, we stick with the referee call. And every the entire, of course, people will be unhappy at times. But by and large, 99% of the time, people accept the decision. I think that will also help us a lot. And we won't have to spend like 30 minutes on a podcast talking. You you think you're done. You still got the Spurs-Chelsea game to talk about. But uh, to, to to break up uh, the conversation for uh, about VAR, because I know Arke wants to talk about the Kaiseido goal as well. Um, something which can rival VAR's performance in the last few weeks was FPL this weekend. <laughs> Radhaji had triple captained a certain Norwegian who didn't even take the pitch for the second half. How's life? I would like to take this opportunity to announce my retirement from Fantasy Premier League. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a good run. We've had a good time over the last uh, 8, 10, 15, how many ever weeks. But yeah, I think the time is right for me. But when the body is just telling, giving you the messages and you can't do it anymore, that's when you know it's time to go. So yeah. Yeah, triple captain Haaland for three points. You you dropped that was out the last drop. Like Nth, I think. I'm not even I'm not even <laughs> checking anymore. When you triple captain Haaland, Haaland for three points, then that's when you just log off, lose your password, throw away the keys. Uh, yeah, page, paging Aditya Balraman for that who did it last season. But uh, like there was so much weird stuff happening on FPL this week. I. I remember I had I had tripled up on Spurs. So I have Vicario, I have Udogi and Madison. So Madison gets taken off, injured. Vicario ships in four goals. Udogi is red carded. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, okay. He played some 40, 50 some minutes. And he got a yellow and a red. So minus two. So I'm okay, minus two. It's okay. I'll, I'll live with that. Next morning, I wake up. Scores updated. Udogi is at minus four. Like, where does this come from? Because the minus four is because uh, Spurs conceded four goals. Out of those four goals, three were conceded after he was red carded. And I'm like, how is this possible? So I go to the source of all knowledge in this world, which is Twitter. And there people explain to me that it's because if you're if you're substituted and the team concedes goals after that, they don't come to your account. But if you're red carded, you pay, pay double punishment. <laughs> So, Udogi gives me minus four. That's actually really mature of uh, FPL because they are... If, if Imagine that it was nil-nil, he gets a red card and they concede five goals because they are down to ten men and our man gets like, uh, what's it called, uh, clean sheet points. That would be ridiculous as well. So, actually, I, I think it's pretty mature of FPL to, to put that into play. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to come out with a statement saying that that was bullshit. But, uh, yeah, I think I had 32 points and I was pretty unhappy about it. Then I saw the official FPL account showing someone's team who had 11 players playing. And with the red cards and goals conceded, the poor chap had one point with 11 players. So, he had two Spurs, both the red-carded Spurs defenders. He had uh, someone else who conceded tons of goals. Yeah, I think from Bournemouth because they conceded six to City. So, yeah, I think um, FPL tips is probably a section we should take a pause from this week. We shouldn't be giving out any tips this week. And um, Here's a tip. Football manager has released. Start playing football manager and forget about FPL for a while. I think yeah. that's the tip from Harlan Triple Captainer. Oh, by the way, there is there is a certain Ronnie. What what is this guy's name yesterday? Ronnie Badagi, uh, the guy who scored the fourth goal for Copenhagen. He's he's a wonder kid in Football Manager 24. So if we don't do foot, FPL tips, we'll start doing FM 24 wonder kids. So keep an eye out for that. Radhaji is already on his way managing some team. I don't know, maybe from Merseyside. Uh, I'll soon hop onto that bandwagon myself, and we'll bring you some good picks your teams can sign in real life soon on that note there's a team that keeps signing players from all over the world which is my team and i think it's fair to say that we had the most amazing crazy bonkers game that i remember seeing which is the spurs chelsea game 
फाइव डिसअलाउड गोल्स नाइन वार चेक्स टू रेड कार्ड्स अ स्ट्राइकर हु स्कोर्स अ हैट्रिक एंड येट इज बिलो हिज एक्सजी बिकॉज हिज एक्सजी इज थ्री पॉइंट थ्री सेवन ही बेसिकली हैज टू बी हैंडेड द गोल लाइन एंड से अच्छा थोड़ा सा जस्ट पुश इट इन साइड एंड वील गिव यू अ गोल दैट क्रेजी हाई लाइन दैट स्पर्स वर प्लेइंग विथ uh when they were down to nine men and even after that spurs emerging with more credit after the game out of the 11 people chelsea had on the pitch one mark kukurella was the only one who thought okay what i can do is if these guys are playing this high line i can do a run no one else in the team is thinking that all these professional footballers and then that caicedo goal uh, rk you you want to come in here you wanted to talk about this caicedo goal which was ruled out for offside because jackson was apparently impeding in the line of vicario's eyesight see for 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 one that's a margin of error that radha was talking about like i think i don't want to talk anatomy here but i i don't know which part of his ass was you know <laughs> coming offside you know you look at it real time and you can't really figure out you know <laughs> it's offside and you know that is one second is the goal goes in from what 20 22 yards it's, it's from outside the box he's 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 doing box, nothing enough reaction time i mean you can't say that a player is obstructing a view from 25 yards and where are you going to stop next day i mean david beckham or you know the uh, like future david beckham is going to score a goal from halfway line his striker is standing offside in front of the keeper and you say that you know he can't see the ball or something like where is it going to stop I can't really I I was seeing the highlights you know a while back and that was the moment that struck out for me I couldn't understand how that goal got disallowed in the first place it was such a good goal and I was just flabbergasted that you know you can apply the offside in that way and you have a 4 yard goal in the Champions League where the defender is right standing in front of Onana and you can't give it as an offside I lost it there so I I um I mean I'm keeping that aside just keeping that aside i want to focus all my energy on spurs i just i i don't know what i don't know what i witnessed with with their with their defending in that game it's 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 so hilarious and also doubly hilarious because chelsea managed to screw it up for so long it as a as a non chelsea non spurs fan this was just the most hilarious match like if if you if you want to feel good that acha these guys are not really <laughs> going to threaten your club in the long run if they play this way this is a great great thing for arsenal fans chelsea like liverpool fans united fans all of all of us to watch because the spurs i can't i want to find out the people who are giving spurs credit after 90 minutes because it is the most exactly. absurd bit of i i you can't know, imagine that somebody how come you know I, i was got up in the morning i saw the score 4-1 i saw the highlights and i was laughing my ass off looking at the high line you know it's it's like a small sandwich <laughs> on both sides of the half line you know and people are trying to make runs I, it is so hilarious and the first comment i see is people are complimenting spurs on the style of play i and half of them are chelsea fans No, so they're literally complimenting Spurs because Nicholas Jackson can't score a goal. That's that's basically the crux of it. Like he went through on goal so many times. Kukurella went went through on goal. Vicario did some great saves. Chalo, okay. You want to compliment somebody? You can compliment Vicario. But Spurs were shite. I'm so happy because finally, finally, we now we now know that okay, these guys are losers. Like this was this was the game that that I think. for me brings spurs down several notches like sure uh, when things they they're going to play attacking football it's going to be good to watch but i know tactically if they need to do something smart if they need to do something um, keep things safe for a while Magic. you can count you that back to the old we can count on spurs being spurs and that is perhaps going to be uh, postecoglou's weakness so yeah i'm happy because uh, uh, chelsea managed to win 4-1 against a rival and still came out looking negative in in a lot of ways and spurs uh, just just looking at spurs tactics and some of their uh, decisions like it gives you hope that spurs will be you know, spurs so uh, yeah like rather so i, I remember you know uh, like some of the old conversations that we used to have right and 
I think uh, we used to talk about you know people who have this dogma. I, I think that used to be a word that we used to use, and of course we used it against Pep for a while. But then he used. I, I think he's one of the few people who have used that dogma and become perfect. But you know, if you bring ideals to that level, that okay, even if I'm down to one man, I'll play that keeper on a high line and I'll try to tackle everyone and play. That's how I think Ange looks at the game. And looking at his comments post match, you know, where he's trying to show the image as if. he won't talk about refs and it's wrong to talk about decision i think i think he's trying to play a very high ideals kind of guy which i think when it comes to football you need to show a pragmatic streak unless you are pep guardiola and i i i always had this doubt about him but this match kind of confirmed that for me i i think ans what he's doing is he's probably acting like that intern was trying to impress everyone to get a you know pre-placement offer or something right like he's he's talking about so many positive things like everyone needs to uh, you know everyone will love uncle ange and like that he he wants to be that kind of a guy uh, but uh, having said that it, it, I, my mind immediately wanders back to you know the game that uh, united had versus spurs we had such a good first half in that in that game second half they got a lucky break and then everyone was like oh spurs are like title challengers this time around and like you know Look what they did to United. Look, and you know, I'm, I'm. They don't have any European football, also, so they're definitely going to, uh, you know, uh, do it this time around. I think they were found. That's how I would put it in this particular game, and uh, and the fact that the Chelsea fans are also sympathizing with Spurs just goes to show where they are. Right? No, so I wouldn't go so far as to say that they have been found out. They, to be fair, it was nine men. uh and any team should get absolutely thrashed by a professional team if they are playing with nine men if they play that way like if they play the way that spurs played um what i will say is that the only thing for me that i take away with some happiness is that i know that spurs are nowhere near a title challenge like the the way that they reacted to going down to nine men just shows a little, little bit of not little bit a severe amount of naivete that that you you just see that okay these are not killers they are not they don't have that killer instinct to do what's necessary i'm going to stick to my ideals when you're in that situation like chalo cool let's see how that takes you the the good thing for us as neutrals is it's going to be good to watch like they're going to play really good football they're going to play good football even when they shouldn't so that way it's going to be good and that's the kind of spurs i always like the martin yall kind of spurs who's never really going to threaten you that much but it will always be entertaining to watch so yeah i'm happy for spurs to remain that person in my life I and I think their title challenge is going to suffer quite significantly now because they got Udogi sent off, they got Romero sent off, Van der Ven is out till January at least. So who's playing centre back now for the next few days? I I I absolutely don't know. Eric so Deer. then the situation is completely <laughs> dire. You know, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Like you know, you guys have had so much fun about Evans and Maguire, right? <laughs> Let's watch. Let's watch Eric Dyer trying to play a high line with Ange. L- l- let's see Ange basically pleading with him. Bye, please, high line, sir. Please, <laughs> please go up. Maybe he'll have some decisions go against him, and then we'll see his actual views about VAR. Yeah, let's see. We'll find out. I mean, I'm I'm not discounting him right now, but uh, yeah, let's see. We'll we'll see. Okay. Um, so uh, moving on, uh, Radha ji, quick word on Liverpool. Uh, Diaz sparing you the blushes. You you made Luton drop two points. <laughs> yeah, not re- not really sparing us some blushes. Um, I think there's no excuse for not winning that game. Um, there is a there's a lot of panic in the liverpool fan base about last season and repeats of last season repeating trends of last season one of the major ones is that we couldn't win away from home and right now we all our drop points have come away from home there is a lot of context to that of course uh, if you look at chelsea it was chelsea away first day of the season fine spurs nine men a lot of things went wrong in that game fine brighton away i think anybody will be happy with the point of brighton away Luton is the only game which I think has really been disappointing from a result point of view. Uh, performance also I didn't think was great, but we 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 had an xG of three point five. So please, that should be well enough to to win a game. I think this is where um, um, 
you have to taper your expectations as a Liverpool fan as well. And mine are are tapered. I don't think we're going to be a championship team because of this. All through the season, consistently, we have been conceding 0.6, 0 0.7, 0 0.8 XG. We've been conceding to the other team. Now, that is all fine. And we've been, okay, to be fair, we've been creating more than 2.5 also pretty much in every game. So, ideally, if you're on fire, your, your strikers are scoring, then you should be winning 3-1. Now, the days that your striking unit has an off day, it could be a 1-0 loss or a 1-1 game like we saw against Luton. And that is something that Arsenal and Man City don't have. Like, they are not, uh, they are much more defensively solid that in their bad days, it will always be a 0-0 or a 1-0 win. Whereas we are, I think, in our bad days, looking at a pot potential 1-0 loss or a 1-1 draw and stuff like that. So, I think that's the difference between uh, Liverpool and the actual serious contenders this season. And which is fine. Uh, I think it will take it'll take Liverpool also a while to become a, a unit and an okay for us to challenge next season. Um, but yeah, one, one uh, elephant in the room, Darwin Nunes. I can only say so many positive things about the way he's playing this season. But at some stage, the numbers have to add up uh, if you're a number nine for a leading club. He has now missed 10 big chances in the league and scored only four goals. Now, other other good strikers are also missing that level of chances, except that they're converting a much higher rate. So, Callum Wilson, uh, Erling Haaland, Ollie Watkins, all are actually missing 10, 11 chances uh, as well. But they've scored more goals than Nunes has, so I think that's the problem. He needs to start. He needs to start develop, like developing a better conversion rate. Some of the ones that he misses are really comical, uh, like an open goal one. And by the way, and it's obviously fashionable to talk about Darwin missing goals, but for me that was all Salah. What is Salah doing three yards away from goal and missing a header from there? I just don't understand it. But but yeah, Darwin has a problem. I just hope. And it's the thing with Darwin is. What I'm understanding also is it's not like a momentum thing. Like he was, his momentum is through the roof right now. His confidence is really through the roof, but he's still not, his conversion is not improving. So I think there's something that needs to be, uh, his composure, calmness in front of goal has to be worked on. But yeah, uh, the, he's he's been a great player for us this season. I'm still as excited. He's probably after Soboslai, Anfield's favorite player right now because they just break into a Nunes chant as many times as they can during the game. So, yeah, everybody's loving what he's doing. We just need more goals to win. It, it was really heartening to, you know, see Luton Town put up a performance. I, uh, as you rightly said, Liverpool had enough to win the game. But the spirit that Luton showed, uh, especially in the second half, uh, which I was watching, was, you know, really good to see. And it's sometimes, you know, going to a very rickety, very small ground, uh, like something unusual, it becomes a bit difficult, you know, when uh, teams start to put up a fight as well. Uh as a United fan looking for really, you know, small silver linings, I think uh, two of our one million uh, sales in the recent summers, uh, Tahit Chong and uh, Tedin Mengi, I think they had good games. So, you know, hoping that, uh, you know, these guys do well and, uh, you know, they get us something on the, you know, in terms of sell-on, uh, uh, you know, as a byproduct of selling them off for one million. So, that was, you know, uh, like one good thing. Uh, also, if... You know, we can talk of other matches. I think one shout out to Radha. Like, he's been talking of Neil Mope for a very, very long time. That guy finally scored a goal after 34 <laughs> Premier League games and 14 months. How how do you have a career in the Premier League with that kind of record, man? Like, I, I, it's really shocking. I mean, I know that the uh, Wolves guy also had a pretty terrible record. But that was after an injury and stuff like that. But how does somebody like Mopé continue to stay in the Premier League with a record like that? It doesn't make any sense. But yeah, just look at I saw that and I smiled. Another shout-out though, a quick one. Just when you think you know what's happening in the league and you think that this is a really solid team, Aston Villa go and lose to Nottingham Forest. So, yeah, I mean, actually, a lot of surprises. Uh, pretty good weekend of football overall. Uh, Liverpool obviously coming out short. Aston Villa losing... Uh, the whole Newcastle Arsenal thing, and as a Liverpool fan, it was uh, it was quite funny to watch the entire thing play out, and and all the frustration and all the anger and all of that. Uh, Chelsea Spurs was still my favorite game, though. Just just amazing. Just so many things to love about it. Yeah, great weekend of football. One, uh, you know, one more shout out to uh, Mohammed Kudus. I think great goal that he scored at the weekend as well. I, 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 
you know i felt that that was also really uh, looking at the highlights really electric game to watch uh, the way that you know brentford came back into it uh, really really a typical you know premier league contest yeah kudos to kudos as we often said on this podcast right uh, before you guys give any more shout outs uh, moving on to this weekend's action the game i want to talk about is chelsea versus city i mean i i wonder if if there is uh, anything to talk about in terms of how many xg we will be under finally because this will so I'm likely thinking, be I'm th- I'm thinking you'll finish one one uh, like uh, oh of course we're talking about red cards right or are we talking about the result? I think I, one one yeah. one one on the red card count should be a good call. I think. Yeah, I'm thinking of triple capital. Do you really think rather that City are going to get a red card? It's not going to happen. I I I foresee uh, easy City win, and it's not just because um, I'm a Chelsea fan. Uh, if you if you indulge yourself you can see that they're back on top of the premier league table they've qualified with a 100% record from the champions league uh, the city machine is back in place where it belongs so it's going to be smooth sailing again and arsenal will keep trying to make dents into this machine but but yeah, you, you never know all you need is one uh, chance for Two. Uh, uh, seven, seven chances for Nicholas Jackson, and maybe you can just get one nil out of this. <laughs> so, I mean, the one thing to one thing to note though is that John Stones is out, so that is definitely something that can work in your favor potentially. Uh, but having said that, City usually have like some fifty million backups uh, for their yeah. defenders, so um, I, you know. I think RK was out as well. I, I, I mean, I didn't see what happened. I didn't see what happened during the game, but RK seemed to have come off in the 44th minute as well in in the Champions League. So that could be a problem there. But yeah, I mean, we thought that not having Kevin De Bruyne also would stop them. Maybe it doesn't matter. No, they'll play someone else. I mean, Calvin Phillips exactly. is it's, rusting it's in the game. reserves. Yeah, it's been a few games, and they are back to you know uh, creating a lot of xG per game. Bernardo, you you look at people like Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden. Jeremy Doku is lighting up the stage like no other. Four assists, one goal in a game, so he's on fire. And I, uh, uh, you know, I saw three James substituted in the last match. I couldn't see the match, so I don't know if he's injured again or is he going to play. But if Reese James is going to play again, it's going to be a good contest. No, he um, he's coming back, so um, that was precautionary. But uh, yeah, talking about Doku, uh, just before we finish, um, Radhaji, just to rub more salt into your wounds, the same weekend where you triple captain Haaland, someone triple captain Doku, and ended up with sixty-six points, <laughs> just from Doku. That's fifty more points than what I got. So. <laughs> Like I said, I mean, this is this is all in the past for me now. I'm looking looking into better things. Going to try some meditation, pranayama, and stuff. FPL uh, is FPL is for younger younger and more enthusiastic hearts than mine. Yeah. All right. On that note, uh, we shall close our uh, discussion today, listeners, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. And if if only Chelsea City can live up to half of what Spurs Chelsea was. I think we'll have a lot to talk about. On that note, saying goodbye for now. Bye-bye.